0: You, Brother Rick, what a joy it is to get to be at White Oak. I was just thinking, I've stood in this pulpit, and I was 15 years old, and I remember exactly what I spoke about. It was a Wednesday night, and I had my lesson on a little old three-by-five card called God's Part and Man's Part, uh, and it's based on salvation. But uh, what a joy it is to get to be with you this evening and to be a part of this gospel meeting Thank you, Brother Rick, for that uh, encouraging and certainly uh, appreciative uh, introduction that you gave. Brother Perrier, thank you. I love singing. I just, I'm going to tell you what, singing builds you up. Uh, Brother Sizemore's prayer, thank you so very much. And uh, it is just such a great joy for Janet and I to be able to be with you. My prayer and my desire is that we'll take the message of the gospel of Christ and that we will preach it and that we will practice it in our lives on a daily basis. Uh, I love uh, Brother Rick. I love his bulletin. Uh, I've said this, I, he he writes some really, a very. as a matter of fact, uh, I use a lot of his material uh, on my uh, television program because uh, he does a lot of work and a lot of research, and uh, Brother Rick, you do a great job, and I thank you so much, and it's just a joy to get to be with uh, he and his family this week as well as being with you. Uh, you know, it's been a long time. I, the last time I spoke at White Oak was the, uh, oh, sometime about November the 23rd of 1986. Now you can figure out how long that's been. Uh, but at any rate, uh, it's been a while and it's just a great joy to be here. You know, things change. It's kind of interesting because uh, folks, do you remember who I am? You know, have you, you've run into that, you know. Someone you haven't seen in a long time and you're sitting there, boy, what, who is this now? I gotta think of it. I was holding a meeting in Houghton Lake, Michigan, uh, several years ago, maybe 40 years ago. I don't remember. Houghton Lake, if you, Michigan is like your hand, uh, you've got, the, this is the lower peninsula and of course you've got the upper peninsula. Uh, Houghton Lake is in the northern part of the lower peninsula. And I was holding a meeting there, and this was Sunday night. And a lady comes out, and she says, Brother Acuff, do you know who I am? I said, Ma'am, I'm sorry, I do not. I'm sorry, but I don't remember, I don't don't know. And I said, Who are you? She said, If you don't know, I ain't going to tell you. And I'm going to tell you, it's been to this day, I still don't know who that lady was. (laughs) But it reminded me, of the uh, it reminded me of this uh, older gentleman, very fine gentleman, married, and he invited a younger coworker to his home for a meal for dinner and uh, The younger coworker came and they had a great dinner and uh, so he and the older gentleman were talking and uh, the wife uh, the older gentleman 's wife excused herself to go into the kitchen, and the younger gentleman said, uh, I, I just think it is wonderful the way you refer to your wife." uh honey and darling and sweetheart and beautiful and the older man said, Yeah, I forgot her name about five years ago and so you know, remembering those names what a joy it is to get to be with folks who love uh, Christ. And I could go through uh the all uh, you know, I was looking at, and I brought it with me, uh, but I have a copy, uh I don't know if you you a directory I guess, uh of the uh White Oak Church of Christ. Uh, in uh, 1952, uh, I have a list of all of the families uh, in the congregation here at that time. Uh, of course, I was here that first uh, Sunday. Uh, they met here on the corner uh, in the uh, flower shop, whatever you call it. And uh, I remember Brother Knox Greer led singing that day. I don't know why, I don't remember who preached, but I do remember Brother Knox Greer leading the song service. Uh, and it was kind of a, an angle part, and you had two sides you set in. But uh, from that, a lot of gospel preaching has gone on and been supported by the White Oak Church of Christ. Uh, I'm going to preach. I'm just working up enough courage. But at any rate, Brother Chester Young was one of the elders of this congregation in, early, in the early days. And Brother Chester made it his goal that I would become a gospel preacher. And he did so much to encourage me. Now, uh, Mom wanted me to be a preacher, too. I wanted to be a bum, and uh, she wanted me to be a preacher. I said, both of us are half. I'm a bum preacher. But at any rate, uh, I think they conspired together. But uh, Brother Chester Young was such an encouragement, to, as were the other elders and uh, the congregation as a whole, uh, was such an encouragement to me in preaching the gospel. I'm thankful for the privilege and the opportunity to be a gospel preacher. I think it is the greatest work that an individual can do, and I, folks, I, I will have, uh, I've completed 56 years uh, in a local church this last December, my 57th year, uh, preaching in a low congregation, and someone said, well, what, if, if you had to do over to you, what would you do? I said, I'd do the same thing, except well, I'd do one more thing, and that is I'd try to be better at it, because uh, it is such a great work, and I'm thankful to you. Uh, and the influence and the impact that the White Oak Church of Christ has had on my life. I have written many articles in our bulletin regarding the White Oak Church. Uh, you know, you have all of the, you, you've got, today we live in such a modern world. Uh, you know, everything's got to be just right. I, you know, well, we've got to have this, we got to have this. I'm going to tell you something. I remember my Aunt Thelma Acuff and Maude Thomas Now most of you you know you weren't old enough to be here then, but at any rate, uh our our we had a class. This building was not uh finished at that time, and we had the basement, and our class was in the foyer of that downstairs building, and we would sit on both sides, and I can remember uh folks just coming through would be late to Bible school, uh but we learned the Bible as a result of that. And so uh, the impact and the influence. I've, I love the Bible school. Well, I'm not going to talk about all that tonight. I'll tell you, come back every night and I'll give you just a little bit of history. But uh, it's great to reminisce, folks, and to go back and look at what has taken place in our lives over the past. Paul said to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, Paul said, Preach the word, be in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. They shall turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. The Bible teaches us to take the message of the Bible and to plant it into the hearts of men and women, boys and girls, and motivate them to do the will of God. Paul said in Romans 1, verse number 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God and of salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul followed up in 1 Corinthians 15 when he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which you have received, wherein you stand, by which also you're saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you. I deliver unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, how that he was buried and raised again the third day according to the Scriptures. When you and I recognize what he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, and he says it is according to the Scriptures. When you and I turn to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in John 12 verse number 48, Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The words that I speak unto you, they shall judge you in the last day. Revelation chapter number 20, John said, I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged as the things that were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead that was in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged every man according to his work. Second Corinthians 5, verse number 10. The Bible says, We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of the things done in the body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Acts chapter number 17, 30 and 31. The time of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, For he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained and given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. You and I, ladies and gentlemen, will stand before God in the day of judgment. The Bible says, and the books were opened. Every man, woman, boy, and girl who has reached the age of accountability will stand before God in that day, and every one of us will give an account of ourselves unto him. That's why we preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you and I recognize that we must do His will, that every one of us, we will give an account of that in the day of judgment, should motivate, encourage, and challenge us to do what God would have us to do in order to be saved. The Bible says the gospel of Christ must be heard. Romans 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We challenge you tonight. The Bible teaches us that that faith is developed as a result of hearing the message of the Bible. A man changes his life by repentance upon faith in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 11 verse 6, the Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We hear the word of God, we believe it. We have faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We make a change in our life by repentance. I tell you neighbor, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And upon that then, we make that great and wonderful confession. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. As in Acts chapter number 8, they commanded the chariot to stand still. They both went down the water, both felt in the eunuch, and he baptized it. You and I, ladies and gentlemen. We hear the Word of God, and then we render obedience to it. If you have not done that, in just a few minutes, we're going to sing a song of encouragement, and we challenge, encourage, preach, and plan with you to obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you and I think about living the Christian life, I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter number 7. We're going to be looking at a statement that is made in Matthew chapter number 7, in which Jesus said, "Ask and you shall receive; seek and you shall find; knock and it shall be open to you." Beginning in verse number seven, and He tells that He said, "Ask and you shall receive; seek and you shall find; knock and it shall be open to you." For he that asketh receiveth; he that seeketh findeth. He that knocketh, it shall be opened. And then he illustrates that. He says, now, uh, if a father or if a son asks the father uh, for bread, is he going to give him a stone? If, a, if he asks for meat, is he going to give him a scorpion or fish? Is he going to give him a scorpion? Now, if you go over to the book of Luke, chapter number 11, and begin uh, in the early part of that chapter, you're going to find a, a parallel passage. But I want you to focus with me this evening. As you and I look at this passage of Scripture, the Bible says, Ask and ye shall receive. Now, folks, listen to this. When you and I look at the Scripture and we see this concept of prayer, uh, the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Pray without ceasing. Paul said in Romans 12, 12, Continuing instant in prayer. When you and I recognize, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. And we see the great privilege that you and I have of prayer. But notice the Bible says ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. When you and I go back to the Old Testament, you and I look at that word ask. you remember in Second Samuel chapter number 12, uh, David had a child that was sick. Oh, they're all concerned about David. Why? Well, my child's sick. David wouldn't bathe. He wouldn't eat. Uh, he's not going to conduct any business. Uh, and, and what's going on? the child then eventually dies. What's going on? David is praying that God will spare that child. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't bathe. He wouldn't conduct business. He has in his heart and in his mind that child. When the child died, they came. They were concerned. What, I mean, if he won't eat and he won't uh, bathe and he won't conduct business, uh, while the, what is going to take place? When the child died, the child died. They went to David. You, you're familiar with this. They went to David. What happened? David said, bring me something to eat. He bathe, conduct his business. And he said, I cannot bring that child back to me, but I can go to that child. Now here's what I want us to see. And that is what do we find? We find David asking God to spare that child. God answered, no when you and I continue to study the Bible. You and I can go to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 38. It's kind of interesting. Hezekiah is there. And you know, folks, i, I tell you what. Uh, you, you think about this, and you think about death. Uh, you think about, now, if you and I knew the date of our death, you know, you and I, we may say, well, boy, I can do whatever I want to, and then a few days before I die, then I'll straighten up and go in the right direction. God said to Isaiah, Hezekiah, you are going to die. Now, I don't know about you. See, the Bible says the point of a man wants to die, and after this the judgment, Hebrews nine twenty-seven. The Bible says, wherefore by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, therefore death is passed upon all men. The Bible says our years are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength, they be four score years. And so Isaiah has a tie. Get your house in order, old man. You're going to die. Well, I guess I'm going to die. Ain't much I can do. It. No. No, he wept. He went to God. He went to God and he asked God to spare his life. God said, Isaiah, you go back and tell him. I'm going to add 15 years to his life. What an excitement. Here's a man, and God says, you're going to die. And he weeps, and he prays, God give me time. God said, I'll give you 15 more years. God answered his prayer, yes. Go with me again to the Old Testament. In the book of Exodus, Moses has been upon the mountain to receive the law. And while he's up there receiving the law, they're down there playing. Uh I love I love it. You know, uh Aaron he built that cat. You remember that golden calf? I'm telling you, it sounds like a modern day atheist with a bangs theory, you know? Uh and, and because they say, Oh, I love it. Last week we had a meeting, with Eric Garner, y'all heard him. And I loved one a, a statement he made. Uh because the Big Bang Theory, you know, it's just the Big Bang, the earth came into existence. He said, go out and throw out a stick of dynamite, and when it explodes, you're going to have a nice new mansion. Now, that's just about what it's like. And so Moses on the mountain receiving the law, and they, they said, we don't know what's happening. I love again. Now, folks, I've got about 20 sermons here all in one, but I'm going to tell you something. I, these modern translations, you may have a dozen of them. I've got a bunch of them. I love the language of, I love that King James language. And here's one, you know what they said? We, what not happened to Moses. You ever use that word what? For no? We don't know what's happened to Moses. He's gone upon the mountain to receive the law. They thought he, well Moses must not be come back. He brought us out here to die. And so Aaron, let's have that, make us a, and Aaron said, they brought in all that, and we put in a fire, and sh- there it is. And we know better than that. God said, Moses, you better get down there. They're playing. They rose up to play, the Bible says. Moses comes down off the mountain, and they have worshipped that golden calf. And God is angry with them for what they have done. And God said, I am going to destroy them because of this. Moses prayed to God. If you destroy them. See God said I'm going to destroy them. And I'm going to raise up a nation after you. Moses said God if you do that. Destroy me with them. Don't destroy. If you destroy them. You destroy me with them. God said I'm going to destroy them. And I'm going to raise up a nation after you Moses. Moses said don't do that. God heard his prayer. And God said, okay, I'll not destroy them. He punished them, but he didn't destroy them. As you and I go through the Bible, do you remember Elijah, and you remember the situation uh, in Elijah's life when the widow of Zarephath came? And he, she she, you know, she kind of chided him. She said, yeah, you know, I come here, and he said, my son now is dead. Elijah takes the son, lays on him, and prays to God. God brings back life to that son. You and I see, the Bible says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. When you and I go again to the New Testament, you remember on one occasion the Apostle Paul, uh, in Acts chapter number 16, Paul wanted to go to a certain place. The door was closed. The door was closed. When you and I recognize what Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Now, folks, I want you to look at one other illustration. When you and I look at that, now see, we, we looked at, again, we looked at David, and God said, No, I'm not going to spare the child. You and I looked at Hezekiah, and God said, Yes, I'm going to give you 15 more years. We looked at Moses, and God said, yes, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll not destroy the people. We look at Elijah, and God saved the child. You and I look at Paul, and God said, no, you're not going to go in that area. Now come to Matthew chapter number 26. Our Lord Jesus Christ, along with Peter, James, and John, goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says they go into the Garden, and Peter, James, and John stay back, And the Bible says that Jesus went a little farther. Now, you're familiar with this. You've heard this many, many times. The Bible says Jesus went a little farther. He prayed. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He prayed, and he goes back out, and he finds them all asleep. And he said, could you not watch with me one just an hour? And so he goes back into the garden and, and he prays again, if it be and the Bible uses terminology like agony." I mean, this wasn't like, "Well, Lord, dear Lord, bless me, my wife, my son, John, his wife us four no more. no, no. He was praying, and the Bible said the sweat as if it were drops of blood. He comes back out of the garden second time, goes back a third time. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Turn to your Bible. I want you to read this. Mark it. Put it in your mind. Make a note. To the book of Hebrews chapter number 5. And I want you to, I want you to see this verse. The Bible said, in the day, Who in the days of his flesh, when Christ was living, that's what he's saying, when he had offered up prayers and supplications. Now watch what the Bible says. With crying, strong crying, and tears. Now just stop there for a minute. I'm going to tell you something. If I came in to Chattanooga this afternoon, as we did, and I I had a, one time I was holding a meeting over in uh, somewhere in Alabama, and just as I pulled into the parking lot of the church building, they got there for an evening, had an evening meal, just as I pulled in the parking lot, I had a flat tire. I thought if there's any place to have a flat tire, buddy, this is the place to do it. And and the good brethren there, I didn't even have to get my hands dirty. They said, wake up, we'll tell you. I thought about carrying brethren with me all the way, you know, because they, they fixed that tire, I didn't have to do anything. If I had, if I came into Chattanooga this afternoon and all of a sudden something happened and I needed $100, I believe I could call one of you brethren. I'd call Brother Rick. Probably he got thousands of them, and I thought I'd call, I'd call Brother Rick. I, man, I'd tell you, I need $100. Well, I Brother Rick. He'd probably do whatever he could to help get that to me. But I'm to show you something. If I came and, and I found out that I needed, let's say I needed $100,000. Ah. I call somebody up and say, Hey, brother, I I need a hundred thousand. Who who are you? Now look at this, folks. See, if you, there's no need for me to go ask some brother to give me a million dollars when he doesn't have two thousand. But now watch this. Hebrews chapter number five. The Bible says when he was in the flesh and he offered up prayers, and I put that word in there, with tears and crying. But now won't you look at that next phrase. Strong crying and tears unto him who was able to save him. Not just anybody. But unto God who was able to save him. And God said no. No. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect He became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. So when you and I look, and we've, we've looked at these illustrations, some of them God said no, some of them God said you're going to be, I'm going to give you another 15 years. Others God said yes. You and I look at this and ask Because that's what the scriptures teach us to do. Now watch this. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek. Now do you and I seek? Now there's three things in this lesson I want you to get. Number one, this is some instruction in prayer. And then we're going to look at some insights into prayer. And then we're going to look at it in depth for just a minute. But when you and I look at this instruct, you ask. Then he said, you seek. The Bible teaches, listen, in Colossians chapter number 3, the Bible said, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of the throne of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. You are dead, your life is hid with God in Christ. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you appear with him in glory. But he said, seek. My friend, listen to this you and I need to seek to find the answer to the prayers that we're praying to God. Some brother said, well, I don't have a job. and, and Well, I've been praying. I've been praying. Well, I want to ask you a question. How many how applications? Have? Well, I, I put in one or two. Seek. My friend, listen to this. When you and I, we believe in the providence of God you and I have a medical problem. I'm I, I'm sitting there and I'm hurting and I've got a medical problem. And I'm praying, God, I hurt. I need some help. Go to the doctor. I thought you were going to help me out. Seek and you shall find. Ladies and gentlemen, if I am in a situation and I'm asking God to help me in that situation... Then I have the responsibility to seek an answer to the prayer that I'm offering up to God. Ask and it shall be. See, the Bible says, "Search the script." Have you ever had? I've heard, boy, brother uh, uh, Garland. Were you at Memphis School to Preaching with Brother Garland? Were there? Whoa, what a fascinating guy! He knew the Bible. I th- Billy Smith, I think, was his uh brother-in-law, and Billy Smith. I've heard Billy Smith tell. How that he would go with Brother Garland Elkins, maybe driving to me, and Brother Elkins would, would quote scripture and have Brother Billy Smith check it out for him. I mean this, he was, they tell the story about him going into surgery one day, and he gave tracts to everybody in the world. And he had a track in under, you know, they had him covered up going into surgery, and before he went into the church, he reached out that sheet and gave the doctor a track. You and I pray for the lost. What are we doing for them? You and I pray the lost will be saved. Am I making an effort to help them hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and be obedient to it? Search the scriptures for them. And so people say, Oh, I sure wish I knew the Bible like Brother Garland Elkins. My friend, listen, you read the Bible once a week, and then maybe four or five verses, and then you sit and say, I wish I knew the Bible like Brother Elkins. Let me tell you something. Men like Brother Elkins and Brother Robert R. Taylor Jr. I heard Sister Taylor tell, I think in the biography of Brother, of Brother Taylor, that what he would sit with his children, and he would he would quote a verse, or, or they would quote a verse, he would quote the one before it and the one after. How do you think he got to that point? Folks, let me tell you something. You don't know the Bible by osmosis. You know they're not going to pour our head. I don't have a hole in the head. None of us do where it's poured in there. Seek and you shall find. Now watch this. Knock and it'll be open to you. Boy, I love that. This guy, he got he got a friend. He, he got the friend. Come. And he goes to his neighbor. I, I need some bread. Get out of here and leave me alone. I, I need three loaves of I need three loaves of bread. Man, get up out of there and give me some bread. Well, shut up, man. My children are asleep. And you're going to wake them up. Hmm. After a while, the guy said, i but I'm going to help this lunatic out and give me bread. Why? Because he knocked. Now, I want you to just kind of hold on to that for just a second. I'm going to come back to it in just a minute. When you and I look at the instruction in prayer, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. Now, the second thing I want you to see, and that is what I call just simply insight into prayer. Four very brief things about it. Number one, and that is the person of prayer. The Bible says that Elijah was a man of like passion. He prayed that it might not rain, and it didn't for three and a half years. Prayed that it would rain, it did. First Kings chapter number 18 is an exciting chapter. Uh, he challenges the 450 priests of Baal. He said, now, if the Lord be God, let's, let's have a deal here. If the Lord be God, serve him. If Baal be God, then serve him. They said, okay, we're, uh, that sounds good to us. So we'll do it. And so they set up that sacrifice, you remember. And uh, so the uh, 450 priests of Baal, uh, man, they jumped up on the altar and cut themselves. Sa- and old Elijah, like, he'd chat them. Well, now, he's gone on vacation. He's taking a nap. He's entertaining guests. They cried, cut themselves, get up on the altar. Come time for the evening sacrifice, and of course Baal hadn't answered. Elijah said, go get me 12 stones, and they put the 12 stones, put the wood, get me the bullock. put it on, dig a trench around, pour 12 barrels of water, and in a 15-second prayer, Elijah said, God, I'm doing this. I'm doing it to your bidding. Fire came down from heaven consumed the bullet, consumed the wood, consumed the stones, and lapped up the water around it. The folks said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And old Elijah leaves, and he goes up on Mount Carmel, and he begins to pray. The Bible tells us there about his posture. When I think about Elijah, and I think about the, the person, you're, the person of... Do you and I have passion, ladies and gentlemen? Do you and I have the kind of passion that a man like Elijah and, and he prayed and he prayed? Now, not only watch this, not only do you and I look at the person of prayer, but you and I also ought to understand, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that there is a there is not only a person, but there is a place to go. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Now, these four little words, the person, the place, but I want you to see a third word, perseverance. Now, watch this. Because perseverance. So many times, ladies and gentlemen, we quit too soon. I was holding a meeting at the East End Church in McMinnville, Tennessee. It's been several years ago. I, I don't even remember. Probably 15 years ago, maybe. And uh, at that time, Brother Gary, I believe Brother Gary Colley was the preacher at the East End Church at that time. And we sang the invitation song. And a a fella came down the aisle, and his wife was with him. man and woman came down the aisle. And they sat down on the front seat. Of course, Brother Gary took care of the response. Come to find out, his name's Jim Cunningham. Jim said, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. His wife came to encourage him. He had two daughters, precious young ladies uh, who were members of the body of Christ. Christians, very fine Christian young ladies. So at any rate, Brother Gary baptized Jim Cunningham. After the baptism, the service is over, and, and Sister Cunningham came out in the foyer, and she said, Brother Acuff, I have been praying for this day for 30 years. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Ladies and gentlemen, God answers prayer late, limited, and leisurely. Think about that. Go to Acts chapter number 12. In the twelfth chapter of the book of Acts, you remember the Bible says Peter was kept in prison. And prayer was made by the church for him. And, now look, he's gonna, he's gonna die in the morning. I'm telling you, if I were in jail and I'm gonna die in the morning, I would have my wife, I'd have my kids, I'd have my grandkids, I'd have every member of the church calling every governor they knew, every senator they knew, get me out of here, man, stop this execution. I don't want to get me out of here. Peter was asleep. Asleep. I don't know how long he'd been there, but I'm sure it was more than a few hours. And the reason why, they were waiting until after the Passover to kill him. And so the church is out here. We're praying for Peter, and we're praying. And you know what? God sends an angel. <laughs> he goes into there. <clears throat> I just kind of see, uh, kind of kicked him, you know. Hey, Peter, get up, man. Now, I'm telling you, if it had been me, I'd have been up and out of that place like going out of Walmart. I'm telling you, I'd have that. be did just just, yeah, hey, get up, Peter. Get your coat. The angel took Peter out of that prison. Now watch this. I said, God answers prayer late. He was going to be killing him in the morning. God answers prayer leisurely. Come on, Peter. (laughs) Let's go. God answers prayer limited. He got Peter out of prison, but he couldn't get him into the house. Think about that. He's out there knocking. Let me in. Who is it? It's Peter. Well, it can't be Peter. He's in Britain. That's what they were praying for. You see, folks, when you and I see the perseverance, I I see as we point at the, the person of prayer, the place of prayer, the perseverance of prayer, and the promise of prayer, God has promised us, I'll hear your prayer. I'll hear your prayer. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of James, chapter number 5, as we conclude our lesson this evening. And I want you to see kind of an in-depth. I want you to see an in-depth situation in prayer. When you and I look at this in James, chapter number 4, the Bible says in James 4, from whence come wars and fightings among you, as he points out, uh, come they not hence even your lust and war in your members. You've got three situations here. Now notice what he says in verse number 2. I call this unanswered, unasked prayer. Now what's this. You lust and have not... You kill and desire to have and you cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you have not because you ask not. That prayer is not an Oh, man, we're going to fight and we're going to war and we're going to do this. You, you, you fight and you war and you do all this stuff. But you don't ask. I want you to show the second situation here. Look in verse number 3. I call this uh, unanswered, the unanswered prayer of a selfish person. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your own pleasure. Now, folks, <clears throat> my wife and I have been married 57 years back in September Lord willing, come, if we live till September the 2nd of this year, uh, we will come be married 58 years, been married 57 years. I know it's going to be hard for you to believe what I'm about to tell you, but, oh, about a year ago, I guess it was, she went to the grocery store, and she uh, she met a guy at the grocery store, and he was younger and better looking than I am. I don't have that be, but anyhow. Younger and better looking. So she she kind of got attracted to this guy. Things got serious. She decided that they were going to go to Florida. And you know what she had the audacity to do? She came to me and said, I want you to give me the money for me and him to go to Florida. Now you're sitting in here. What? Now that is not true, folks. You already knew that, I'm sure. But let me ask you something: Is that not what we do with God? God, I want you to do so and so far. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. But I don't serve Him. I do not do His will. I do not worship Him as I should. I do not give liberally of my means. I I do not in you see, he said you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your own pleasure. Now then the third prayer, we said there is an, there's an unanswered prayer because it's unasked. We said there's an unanswered prayer because it's asked for amiss. Now number three, in order for your prayers not to be hindered, and I'm not going to go through this in detail, if you look at the next verse, let me, next four or five verses, let me tell you what you're going to find. Number five, you're going to have to be sensitive to the scriptures, submissive to God, separate from the world, and serious about Christianity. Just all you got to do is look at verse five down to about verse number nine. Folks, the Bible says in Matthew chapter number seven, ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find, Knock and it shall be open to you. I read about this boy. He was kind of a shepherd boy out in a field. And he was, he was kind of watching out after him. And he saw this beautiful plant. And, and he just kind of backed up and he kind of, you know, looked at this beautiful plant. Man. And, and finally he got down, he got down on the ground close to it where he could really see it and observe it. And finally, it, he just, he, he took his hand and he dug into the ground and he lifted that plant out. When he did, a mountainous area behind him, light, sunlight shining brightly and a, and a and door, big doors opened to an entrance into the mountain. He saw that and it drew him to it. He goes, climbs up, and he goes inside. And when he gets inside, he finds all—I mean, jewels, gold, everything. I mean, elaborate things. And and he begins to gather them up. And he he gets he gets his arms full. And he and he begins to walk out. And as he begins to walk out of the the the, uh, cave-like area, there are voices. Don't forget the most important thing. And he looks around, and he well. And he continues to walk out and finally he gets to the edge of the door and getting ready to go out, don't forget the most important thing and he couldn't figure And he leaves. And as he goes down the mountain, the door closes behind him and it is as it were before he ever picked up the flower. Everything he had in his hand, all of the gold, the jewels, everything he had, Turned to dust because he had left the plant inside the cave. The voice said, Don't forget the most important thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I, as Christians, let's not forget the most important thing. If you are not a Christian, you need to be one tonight. You need to obey the gospel. Brother Rick, myself, men, there's so many here who will help you in your obedience to His will. If you're subject to the invitation, will you come now while we stand and sing this song?